0: Welcome to Family Life Today, brought to you with the compliments of this station and power to change. We're always encouraged to receive your feedback and comments on the program, but I'll tell you how you can do that at the conclusion. But now, here are your Family Life Today presenters, Dave and Ann Wilson.
1: Okay, what would you say is the greatest thing about being a grandparent?
2: Everything. It's amazing. There's also something about it, like you... With a parent, you feel like you're continually thinking through, what am I trying to do here? I want to protect them. I felt a little more fear-based, and I was a little more exhausted, and there was so much going on, but I feel a little bit more of a freedom just to love extravagantly with our grandkids.
1: Yeah, and I got to say, you are the greatest grandmother. Aww. You are incredible. You're a
2: really good I am too. a
1: loser compared to <laughs> no, you. No, you're
2: not. You're amazing. No, I'm
1: just saying, watching you come alive... It is a joy with our six grandkids. It's awesome. We're going to talk about grandparenting today. We got Dr. Tim Kimmel and Larry Fowler in the Family Life Today studio to talk about being grandparents. Welcome, guys. Glad to be here. Good to be here. Now, how do you two guys connect to one another in terms of uh, what you're doing? Tim. Wrote a book about grandparenting in what, about
3: 2007? Tim? Mm-hmm. Something like that. I lead a ministry called Legacy Coalition, and Tim has been a close friend of our ministry and a cheerleader and encourager and a speaker at our conferences, so he's been right there with us on this journey mm-hmm. of trying to equip Christian grandparents to be more intentional in passing on their faith to the grandparents. It's
4: funny, I was doing a, speaking at a conference for, I think, children's workers. Down in Chattanooga, and this guy came up to me and said, "Hey, could you have lunch? Sure and he said that he just really has a burden. He and his wife just god's been tugging on their heart, and he said you know here's the only tool that is out there, and I wanted to see if you'd be willing to get together me and some other people and just talk about maybe there's something more substantive that could be done for the church because the observation my wife and I had is that basically the church wasn 't weighing in on this mm-hmm. that 's not a put down or what you know what 's wrong with everybody it just just the way it was. but I think the demand mm. on grandparenting has gone way up. the need for sages and matriarchs and patriarchs, the wisdom hunters of life that are now you know, coming into the fourth quarter of their life and they actually have something to offer.
3: I remember that lunch, too. In fact, I wanted to find somebody that I could talk to about this issue of grandparenting. And frankly, there wasn't hardly anybody else that I could find in ministry in, in the church, Big C, well, Larry, that had a focus on it. But Tim was the guy, and he was very encouraging that day hmm. to me.
2: Where did that start, that rumbling, that restlessness about grandparenting? Well, it was first very personal
3: The ministry passion came a lot later, and it started for me, of course, with the birth of my first grandson. So my first grandson was born on my birthday. That's kind of Mm -hmm. cool. Really?
2: And you have two kids and seven grandkids. Two kids and seven
3: grandkids. Well, my daughter, who has four, her marriage failed after a few years. Mm -hmm. And that first grandson and two siblings at that time came to live with us, and I one began to step it up in my role as a grandfather because I knew those little boys needed a godly male role model. Mm-hmm. And so that was the beginning of me beginning to be more intentional as a grandfather. But I couldn't have put that language to it at that time. Mm-hmm. And then in 2012, I did a study. We're working with the Iwana ministry. And I did a study of the scripture passages that talk about generation to generation mm-hmm. and Nothing happened with the study except God used it in my own heart. And one particular verse doesn't say generation to generation, but it just absolutely turned my world upside down was Deuteronomy 4, nine, The last phrase of it that says, teach your children and your children's children. I knew that I had a responsibility as a parent. But I saw with new eyes that I had a biblical responsibility as a grandparent. So that, for me, was a real turning point as God revealed that to me through Mm -hmm. Scripture.
4: Mm -hmm. You know, Darcy likes to say that um, one of the reasons why we like being grandparents is... We observed this, and then we found out why that grandparents seem to get along so much better with their grandkids <laughs> than those kids get along with their actual parents hmm. and then after we became grandparents, we realized why because grandparents and grandchildren both share a common source of annoyance um, and, so, <laughs> and um, you, you talked about how much you adore that, yeah. and, and the stress is off what well, the stress is off you and now. now let's qualify. There's, there's a couple million grandparents out there that are actually like you don't raising yeah. their grandchildren. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for the most of them, the tens of millions that aren't, we don't carry the day to day stress. Plus I like to look at grandparent for the golfers out there. They'll probably know what I'm talking about. It's like playing a mulligan, <laughs> you know, because, so true. you know, let's say you hit one out of bounds and the guy say, Hey, tee up and we won't count that one. Well, that's what we did with a lot of our kids. We didn't know what we were doing. We knocked one in the woods and the other one in the lake. And we, uh, But because you become a grandparent. I, I can actually hit this one down the middle pretty well. And, and it's a, just a great chance to have a second chance.
2: Tim, you guys have four kids. You've been married 50 years. How many grandkids? Ten grandkids. Ten grandkids.
4: Yeah. The youngest is three months. The oldest is 20 years old. Wow. And, and so to see them now take on... Life and to watch our kids raise them, and try and be that lighthouse for those grandkids, it has just been a a fun journey. By the way, it's not without his heartache. Right, right. right.
1: It's not without his setbacks. Well, it's interesting, Larry, when you said um, earlier Deuteronomy four nine for your children and their children. I don't know if you guys remember this song. This was not planned. It one of our may things. not oh, end here. Up we staying. go. Here we go. The first time I heard this song, which. Be- which became a big worship, worship song during the you pandemic. You know when we're thinking Larry, I you know, <laughs> no, Lord, what you're talking. You about, know, the yeah. Lord bless you yeah, yeah. and keep you. I remember hearing that song and thinking, "Oh, that's that's number 6, I think," or I'm not sure exactly what the but it's a, you know, it's a blessing. But then when Carrie Job who sang it went to the bridge, I teared up. at this line. You know, it's a uh, and in awesome. your favor be upon you for a thousand generations. And your family and your children and their children and their children. May your favor. When I heard your family and your children, I'm like, oh, that's, that's nice. And then their children and their children. I cheered up. Yeah. Because it's legacy. It's, it uh, is. You know, I got a chance to change the legacy of two alcoholic parents and adultery and just... Mm-hmm. Divorce and you know, legacy for me was like I get a chance with God's power to change the Wilson future. That's mm-hmm. so when I heard that line. You know, you you envision. Grandkids.
3: It's not just that song. I agree with you. I just I couldn't talk for a while really? after the first time I heard that song. Me too. Uh, But it's also what Scripture says. You know, in Psalm seventy-eight, and there are several other places too, where there are four generations that are mentioned.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And in Psalm seventy-eight, it's about passing on the stories of God at work. And, and I believe that's the vision that grandparents are going to have. You know, we are to not just care about our grandchildren. We're to care about our grandchildren's grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's something that I think about a lot as a grandfather. What am I going to do so that my grandkids will be the same kind of grandparents when they get to this age? Mm-hmm. You know,
4: yeah.
3: I want to impact all the way out. Four generations is the way that we have to.
4: In Psalm 71, there's this two verses that we've considered as kind of the best theme verses we've ever read on grandparenting. And before I read it, the context is good. What's interesting is Psalm 71 is not ID'd as to who wrote it. But you'll find that there are segments of several of David's psalms in Psalm 71. So the assumption is, is this is an edited version of several of his psalms put together to make one extended psalm. So David is most likely the author of this, and he's writing this in his twilight years. Hmm. A man who looked back and made several mistakes along the way with his family. Here's what he said. Since my youth, O oh God, you've taught me. And to this day, I declare your marvelous deeds. And even when I'm old and gray, do not forsake me, O oh God, mm. till I declare your power to the next generation, yeah. your might to all who are to come. Mm. When I, I think of that, and and I realize that, To do that, I cannot take on the title of grandparent and not take on a role. You get to be a grandparent just by simply... All you have to do is have your kids have kids, (laughs) and you get the title. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily make you a grandparent. You've got to be deliberate about that. And the deliberateness isn't necessarily a ton of work. There's a ton of joy attached to it, but it's it's also really driven by purpose.
2: Let's talk about that. What does that mean, and how can we be deliberate? And do this thing purposefully.
3: Well, we use the phrase all the time intentional Christian grandparents, and it's the same thing. It doesn't mean perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody can be intentional or purposeful in their grandparenting, but it really comes down to very, very practical things. Like if your grandkids live at a distance, what are you going to do to connect with them? Stay connected. Mm-hmm. If they come over to see you every day, are you just going to play with them? Or are you going to be thinking, what can I do today? What can I say today? To to bless them, to teach them, to remind them about who God is. And that's what changed so much for my wife and I was that now we watch young grandkids every weekday for a few hours. So when they're coming over, we're thinking, what might we do today? What might we say today? And that's a transformation that grandparents will undergo Mm -hmm. as they begin to realize that they have a responsibility before God to be more than just Mm -hmm. the fun grandparent that spoils them and goes to their activities and helps take care of them. But there's there's more to grandparenting from a biblical Mm -hmm. perspective than that. You, You know, when
4: Darcy and I wrote the book Extreme Grandparenting, one of the things we did in there is we unpacked four very clearly articulated biblical roles that grandparents have. And Larry was alluding to them first one is giving a blessing, being blessing givers. And I think one of the ways you do that is you, you keep in mind that every one of your grandchildren have three driving inner needs that are going to be met either in a legitimate or an illegitimate way. They need to know they're secure. They need to know they're significant. They need to know they're strong or sufficient for the moment. And so we can meet those through God, the power of God's grace and giving them a secure love, a significant purpose, a strong hope, voicing those. I, I think another key role is setting a standard. When we first got a GPS, we, it was in a rental car, and we, Darcy cranked up read the instruction, and figured out how to work the GPS thing to figure out where we were. Well, I did some research on it, and it takes at least two satellites. But the more accurate it is, is is 3 or four. Really? They pinpoint right where you are. Well, satellite is up where they can see where you're going from where they are. Hmm. So we can be a satellite for them. And then a third thing is bearing a torch. You know, a good example would be like the Olympic torch. You know, it starts on Mount Olympus, but it's transferred all across the continents from, from one hand to another. They're just handing it down. And that's like the generations are handing down this torch. But I've never carried the Olympic torch. But one thing, if I ever had the honor of carrying it, the one thing I've be thinking all the time, whatever you do, don't yeah, do not drop this torch. thing. Don't let this thing go out. And we can tear a torch of the gospel yeah. for a kid. And then the, the fourth role that, once again, Larry has talked to is leaving a legacy. It's not, if you're going to leave a legacy, it's what kind? Right. We have a chance as Christian grandparents to leave a legacy that never dies. Mm-hmm. It says in Exodus, you know, in the. Ten Commandments uh, uh, the sins of the Father return to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me but then it goes he he revisits that in Deuteronomy chapter 7 and he talks about the sins of the Father return to the third and fourth generation but my righteousness returns to thousands of generations those who love me and keep my commandments so look I think those who are Resonating with the the spiritual dialogue we have going on here, you may think that you can't, you're a first generation Christian. I'll bet you when we get to heaven, you find out you're not. Yeah. Hmm. There was some grandparent, great grandparent, somebody, maybe even 100, 200 years ago, and God's honoring his commitment to keep that light going through you.
2: And I would add, too, Tim, I, I talk to so many grandparents that feel like they have failed as parents. They feel like they've messed up. And so they feel like they're not qualified to be Mm -hmm. a good grandparent. Mm -hmm. And I usually say, isn't it so good that God gives us second chances? It's a mulligan. Yes, it is a mulligan. And we can still be great grandparents because we've learned a lot through our mistakes. And it isn't so sweet of Jesus to say, it's not over. I can redeem, I can change, and you can. I can use you to help transform those grandkids.
1: Well, I, and I wonder, you know, Larry, you mentioned the term, and I've seen it all through your material, intentional yeah. Christian grandparenting. So many of us, even Christian grandparents, aren't intentional. We're just babysitting. Yes. <laughs> we love our time with our grandkids. We're excited to have them. We will be there for them. Yeah. But the intentionality of passing on our faith, to the next generation, generation after generation. How does a Christian grandparent get to that intentionality?
3: Well, I think it's beginning to really understand what Scripture has to say about their role. I mean, that's a good place to start. Let me go down a different path for just a second, and I'll come back to that. We did some research at the beginning about how many grandparents have ever heard a sermon or attended a class, or read a book on grandparenting. (laughs) And even though Tim's had a book out there, a very good book for quite a long time, we found that only 1% of Christian grandparents had ever done any one of those three. Hmm. So what that means is that the only voices that are speaking into the ears of grandparents are the cultural voices. And the cultural voice says you're a good grandparent if you do the things that you just mentioned, Dave grandparents think they're being a good grandparent and they need to understand that God has a higher bar and the higher bar is to be intentional and again it doesn't mean being perfect there are no perfect families are there None none whatsoever God still has this really important plan for your life He The last years, the last decades of your life can be filled with the greatest purpose that you've ever had in your life. But it's going to be focused on family and Mm -hmm. on future generations Mm -hmm. in your family, passing on faith to them. And so it starts with just getting that vision. Then comes the equipping afterwards. Yeah.
4: But you know something I think we ought to throw in here, too, to to keep reality in in center stage on this thing is that one of the greatest joys you can have – is becoming a grandparent, but also you've put yourself in a position where your heart can be crushed like never before. Mm. Yeah. And there's drama and dynamics that oftentimes find themselves center stage. And what I appreciate about what Legacy Coalition has done is they're addressing these kind of things. In the book we wrote on extreme grandparent, we spent a whole half of the book talking about things like, what if your kids go through a divorce? What if your grandkids have to come mm-hmm. live with you? What if your children don't want you talking about Jesus to their kids? Right. What about long-distance grandparenting? What about spoiling? There's a right way to do this. There's a toxic way to do this. How do you balance that out? How do you handle the whole money thing? The downside of love is that you make a commitment <laughs> to love somebody.
1: Yeah. It's you can get messy. your heart broken. Yeah. You can get
4: crushed. But Legacy Coalition has done a great job, and they bring in people to address these things, to equip us to say, okay, what if your kids are going through a divorce? Guess who's paying the biggest price in that one? It's those grandkids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What makes such a big difference is if your grandparents are involved in that grandchildren's life, and they're not down, and they're staying hopeful, and, all, and, and, and they say, look, your immediate world looks like it's coming apart, but your greater world is still much in, very much intact. We're part of
1: that. We'll get beyond this
4: thing. But there are so many things like that that
1: you can't do by accident. Well, Tim, you mentioned Legacy Coalition. I don't think we've even told our listeners (laughs) what is that. So help us understand what that is. Well, we
3: started this ministry six years ago, and we wanted to have a national focus on the role of Christian grandparents. To encourage them, as we already said, to be intentional. And so we started this ministry and God has just been growing it and exploding it. We started in six, 2016 and the very first year we wanted to get, create some resources for grandparents. So we created four. And with four, get this, with four resources, we were the largest source of Christian <laughs> wow. grandparenting resources mm. on the Internet. Mm. That's wow. sad. Yeah. And so we've been working at creating resources. We do a national yeah. conference on Christian grandparenting that Tim's going to be at uh, in October. And we have podcasts and webinars and a growing staff. And we're just real thankful for the mm-hmm. way God's blessing our ministry.
2: And, Tim, share about your ministry, too, that you and Darcy mm-hmm. started, because these two ministries – And with family life too, we all have that same goal of we want families, we want to equip them, we want to point them to Jesus. Yeah, but we are in it together.
4: Yeah, we. The primary focus of our our ministry is called Grace Based Families, and we want to see families equipped with God's grace in such a way that it makes them instruments of restoration and reformation in their lives and the people around them. That's what we've been spending our time doing, showing how to become families, parents, grandparents, husband and wife that are guided by God's truth, all the while tempered by his grace. Well, when you... Take that with Family Life and and the Weekend to Remembers Remembers and and then Legacy Coalition. We're all Mm -hmm. trying to do the same thing Mm -hmm. is help people turn Jesus' heart into the way they deal with each other. One thing that happens is that when our kids get married, they bring somebody else into the situation. It could be a great asset or an unbelievable liability. Mm. Well, if you don't have grace walking into that situation, it can turn on you fast. Mm -hmm. And you know one of the ways that if we don't handle our role as a grandparent
1: right, that's one of the ways they can punish us. (laughs) They can block you. Yeah. Yeah, And we'll have links to all these ministries in the Legacy uh, Conference as well.
2: Well, I thought it would be good, too, to end, as Larry and I were talking before we started our interview, he was just sharing nonchalantly something he does with his number seven is perfect, but he prays. Larry, share what you do with each of your kids, how you pray for yes. each of those grandkids.
3: It's one way that we uh, practice intentionality. Because we have seven grandkids, each one of them has a day of the week, and we pray specifically for one grandchild on each day of the week. And so we don't have Monday. We have Natalia Day, and we don't have Tuesday. We have Tyler Day and and so forth. But we not only remember to pray for them that day, they know what their day is. Hmm. And we ask them for prayer requests, and then we try to communicate to them what we're praying so that it's not just an activity of praying for them, but it's engaging them as much as possible in the process. (laughs) We have some good friends. That have, because they also have seven grandkids, have gotten seven coffee mugs with the pictures of their grandkids on the <laughs> coffee mugs. So, so then they, they have a visual reminder to pray for them as well. That's a great idea. That That's the kind awesome. of thing that we do to be intentional. Yeah. yeah,
1: we've got six, so I know what we're doing. Well, then you,
3: then you pray for
1: the parents on the yeah. On the uh, Yeah. <laughs>
0: The kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. This program is brought to you each Monday to Friday through the generous gifts of everyday Australians like you. If you'd like to give a once-off gift or a monthly donation, please click the Give tab on our website at families.powertochange.org.au. Until tomorrow at the same time, God's richest blessings on your family.